Welcome to Growth Mindset University. I'm your host, Jordan Paris, and this show is all about learning the lessons we should have learned in school but did not, so that we can succeed in the progressive new age of business and life we find ourselves in today. Each episode will feature a brand new lesson, and now it's time for today's lesson. So put your thinking cap on, because school is now in session. When I first started this podcast, I had no clue what I was doing, and it showed. This podcast was terrible in the beginning, so much so that when people tell me today that they listen to early episodes, I cringe because it was just that bad. But along the way, of course, I figured things out and started growing as I was going. But I wish I knew these things in the beginning. I could have saved so much time, money, and just sheer embarrassment. Now I'm solving for all of the unknown variables of podcasting for you with my brand new course, How to Become a Rockstar Podcaster. Oh, and by the way, it's completely free. In the course, I give away every single one of my secrets from marketing to building a business around your podcast and monetizing your podcast without ads. I put a ton of effort into this course over the past few months, and it is extremely professional. And this is something that people around me said I should be selling for 400 bucks, but I said, no, I am giving this away for free. I couldn't think of something better to share with you. So for free access to my new course, How to Become a Rockstar Podcaster, you can go to jordanparis.com forward slash course. That's jordanparis.com forward slash course for free access to my brand new course, How to Become a Rockstar Podcaster. I look forward to seeing you in the course. Let's build a business around your podcast. I am extremely grateful that you are here with me today on Growth Mindset University. Just want to let you know that two times per week, we have interviews with the best of the best. New York Times bestselling authors, billionaires, the like, the most successful people in the world, people like Mark Manson, Naveen Jain, James Altucher, so many more. And I don't want you to miss these interviews. So go ahead and subscribe to this podcast, Growth Mindset University, wherever you are listening right now. One of my favorite things is when you reach out to our guests that we have on the show. So for example, if you enjoy today's guest, please reach out to them. Tell them that you enjoyed today's episode. Send them that token of gratitude. Like, look, I heard John Jordan's show and it was so good. This really impacted me. If you do this with every guest, you're going to start building a world-class network in record time. This is how I built my network. So this is just another way I'm looking to give back to you here. Just give you this little tip. So reach out to our guest today. And now without further ado, please enjoy the show. My guest today is Natalie Jill. Natalie is a fat loss expert turned high performance coach who helps women age in reverse and level up their lives. At age 47, she herself has rebuilt and created everything from nothing three times over. She's gifted at helping women uncover what is holding them back from results and guiding them to uncover and then master their true passion and callings 
for a life that thrives. In the process, Natalie has created a globally recognized brand with well over 2.5 million social media followers worldwide, two best-selling books, recognition from Forbes, several years running as one of the top health and wellness influencers in the world. Natalie Jill, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. So I want to make sure people can find you in case they hear something and get curious while they are listening at yeah. Natalie Jill Fit on Instagram. Age in Reverse is your most recent book on Amazon. Uh, leveling up the your podcast is so good. I told you before we started rolling here that your episode with Todd Durkin, it may be like episode 40-something or 50-something, but that episode made my day this week. <laughs> I listened I to it. it. And NatalieJillFitness.com. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So you were in corporate America before uh, before you started your whole health and wellness yeah. sort of thing that you've got going on here. Tell yeah. me about that. Yeah, I was just like everybody else. You know, I, I, I think I was just checking the boxes and doing what I was supposed to do. Um, I grew up um, an average student. I went, but I went to college. I got the job, the nine to five job. And I um, found myself in corporate America, just doing, doing life. All was fine. Um, but something was happening. Um, and this was in my early or mid thirties, actually. Uh, this was back in 2007 uh, when the stock market and the housing market in the U.S. had crashed. And a lot was changing for a lot of people uh, financially. Um, but what was going on in my world is I had just had my daughter and I was, so I was a new mom, but I was also going through a divorce around the same time. And I had also gained a lot of weight when I was pregnant. So um, all those things individually and separately are things that people walk through, but I had, was going through a divorce, overweight, a new single mom. And now I was having this big uh, financial nightmare in my world, which was going on with a lot of people's world. But I found myself in this really weird spot of questioning a lot about my life and what I was doing and what I was here for and what, what, if this was all there was to it. You know, here I was just literally feeling depressed and lost and scared and all, and all the things and all the things. And this was, um, something I didn't really talk about at the time because there wasn't the, there was internet, but not like it is now. There wasn't social media like there is now. Um, so it felt very lonely and isolating. And that's kind of where my, my rock bottom um, was and then where things were starting to, to shift for me. Yeah. And so what got you to stop doing what everyone else was doing mm -hmm. and checking the boxes, doing the things you, you thought you were supposed to do, maybe because so just to fit into society, maybe so, you know, just to please, you know, parents, uh, I find that's a, that's a common thing as well, but it was just, you were so, you were sick of it. You were, and you were depressed. Mm -hmm. And so you start to make that change. What's like the first thing you do? Yeah. So the first thing I did is, and I remember there was like this pivotal turning point and I was walking my daughter and I caught myself in one of those, um, those windows that you walk, it was a window that had like that mirror reflection. So I saw myself and sometimes we, we think we look one way, we we're feeling a certain way. And then you see this reflection of yourself and you're like, wait a minute, what's looking back at me. And especially women, my age, I'm 47, almost 48. Now we, this is a common thing where you'll look and you'll see your mom all of a sudden and you see something else. But in that moment, I remember looking at myself and thinking, whoa, that's not who I've been. That's not who I was. Like what is looking back at me? And I just saw this out of shape, sad, you know, overweight, um, person that looked, a lot older before her time and, and scared. And I remember seeing that reflection thinking, is that who I am? Is that who I want to be? And how did that happen? And I went home and I 
started thinking about that and I couldn't remember what it felt like to not look like that and not be that that person. So I remember making a vision board. That was the very first thing I did. I was like, what do I, what is it that I want? And I got a bunch of magazines and I started clipping out. Now everyone makes vision boards, but at the time this was a newer concept. But I remember just ripping out pictures of fit girls and happy couples and the ocean and just anything that would make me feel happy. And I put it on this vision board and I started looking at it and I thought, okay, if I'm not living that life right now, but I could stare at that and pretend like I am, I have to evoke some feelings that make me feel better. That was like the step one. Like, let me just make a vision and stare at it. And I would do that. I made this vision board. And I remember there were these fit girls on there and I would look at those fit girls and think, okay, if that was me, what would I be doing right now? What would I be eating? What would I be spending my time doing? Um, what would be my, what would my life be like? And I would fantasize about it. I would look at these fit girls and go, what would they be doing? And I thought, okay, if I start doing those things, I have to become that. And that was like literally how I started. Mm-hmm. Was there ever a, you know, before you start making those changes, was there like a rock bottom for you? Yeah. I mean, that rock bottom was that moment when I looked in that, that reflection, because I, it was that, that moment of what is going on. And, and I see a lot of times we think we can hide things and we can fix them with money or we can fix them in our pretend life or we can, we can check out. I didn't have anything to hide into. I mean, here I was going through divorce. My bank account was empty. Um, I was losing my house. I had stopped paying my, my mortgage. I couldn't afford it anymore. I had taken a voluntary job demotion so I wouldn't have to travel full time because I couldn't, I was going to be a single mom. And I was for the first time in my life, like really feeling alone, scared, broke, overweight, all those things. So that rock bottom moment was that reflection and looking back and not knowing who I was at that moment. That was that time. Now I say that in that moment, but leading up to that was a definite, you know, a three month period of being super depressed and realizing that my life was not what it used to be. And what's interesting, Jordan, is what, what was really coming up for me was feeling really, really fake. That was the word that I'll keep coming back to is was fake and inauthentic. And the, the reason is, is I didn't have anyone I could tell that this was going on in my life because people looked at me and thought I had it all together. They, you know, they looked, they thought I lived in a nice neighborhood. I had the good job, what they saw. I had the husband, I had the baby, I had, the, I had all these things. So people thought, you know, it was what she's got this good life. So I felt like it was this act because I didn't have that going on. I didn't have anyone to really talk to about that. And as you, so as you begin to make this change and you start sharing uh, you know, your work on social media, just like things that you're doing, you start sharing on social media. It seems like this huge social media following you, you built was almost a colossal accident with that. Yeah, it was, <laughs> right? it was a hundred percent an accident. That's what's so funny about it. So at the time, Facebook was just starting and I had maybe a hundred high school friends when I first joined Facebook and you know, you, we used it first initially for just connecting with friends from years ago. So that's all Facebook was to me. But when I, started changing what I was doing, what I was eating, what I was doing with my life. And I felt lonely and I hadn't, didn't feel like I had anyone to talk to about it. I turned to Facebook and I thought, okay, I'm going to use that for accountability because, you know, here I'm behind a keyboard and I can put it out there. You know, it really, there was no video on Facebook at the time. It was just me making a post and sharing, Hey, this is, I'm in a bad space. I lost my way. And this is what I'm going to be doing. So I declared it and decided, and that's really the first step. And that's what I talk about in fat loss a lot is that the first step is making a decision and declaring it. And that's what I did. I made a decision. I'm like, I'm, this is not going to be me anymore. I'm going to change. Here's where I am. I shared it on Facebook and I started, I said, even on Facebook, I'm going to start posting what I'm eating every day for accountability. 
And that's how it started. And it wasn't starting as an agenda to, you know, take over in the marketing world. It wasn't starting as an agenda to have this big, you know, fat loss empire or to start uh, aging in reverse. Like it just, it didn't start as any of that. It started as me just needing a place to start and being authentic and sharing very clearly with people, Hey, this is where I am. This is what I'm going to do. And I'm putting it here. Um, for accountability to myself. And what was so cool about it, Jordan, is people like loved it. They wanted to know more. And, you know, even saying that out loud now, that's scary to do. Like most people, most people are not going to go and share what they're scared of. Like they, people share with an agenda. It's, it's so obvious. Like you I see marketers all the time. It's like, okay, I have an agenda. So I'm going to like craft the perfect vulnerable. That's the word now, you know, vulnerable story. And I'm going to put it out there and it's gonna be this big, long thing. And got it. Yeah. Sometimes people connect with that, but they're really, it's, it's not, it's obvious. <laughs> it's obvious when it's yeah. not what you're really walking through. You know, I talk to people all the time that are financially stuck and they'll say, you know, but they're trying to create a business online and they put these big foo-foo messages, but it's not the truth. The truth would be, I don't have money. I'm totally broke. I'm scared. I don't know what I'm going to do and I'm going to figure it out. And I'm putting it here as I'm walking through it. Not because I want you to tell me what to do, because I'm going to share what I'm going through. You know, people would follow that. People would be very interested in that, but no one does that. Absolutely. People's LinkedIn headlines, you can see it. You can see it just in that. It's like, uh, it's like if, you know, a kit car Ferrari that you just like put together and piece together. It's like in real life on one side, in reality, unemployed, broke on LinkedIn, their headline is social media guru yeah. branding expert yeah. uh <laughs> and i'm just like right dude stop yeah and, and 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 you know building your empire is like this this uh you know this banner of of pride like totally uh, right it, and so if you were starting today in 2019 like what would what are some yeah. of the things that, that you would do i mean you know we talk about it uh uh-huh. like actually saying the truth but uh, you know, what, if yeah, you had zero I, followers today, what would you do? So I would do the same thing I am doing right now today. Cause I'm always reinventing and I'm always walking through different things and sharing that. So, you know, what built my fitness and nutrition and fat loss business was coming from a place of me correcting myself and sharing that. And that grew and it worked and it was amazing. And then once it grew and it worked and it was amazing and I became a marketer, it stopped working. When I started trying all the tactics, like, oh, I need to have the perfect sales page and I have to have all these things. And that's when it stopped working, you know? So, so my business on its own was thriving. It grew. I helped hundreds of thousands of people. It was doing amazing. And I was not, I never set out to be an entrepreneur or a business person. That was never my intention. That just sort of happened. And then I started getting advice and listening and comparing and, you know, that, you know, comparing is really that thief of joy. You start looking and I'm thinking, oh, maybe I should do it this way. Maybe I should do it that way. And that's when things started going really bad in my business. Um, it didn't mean I wasn't helping people and it didn't mean I wasn't growing on the outside, but I stopped being profitable. You know, it was like people, and that's another thing. Marketers will talk about the millions of dollars they're making, but they're not talking about the profits and the losses. They're not talking about all that. And I had a really rude awakening when it came to that, because, um, when I started having copywriters and, you know, other people trying to be my voice and put the systems in place, that didn't work for me. Um, the way that I did it. And, what I'll see now is there is a lesson in that. And that's anytime I'm getting away from what I'm walking through, that's not going to be legitimate and, and it's not going to be authentic and it's not going to work. So 
for me, I'm constantly walking through and sharing whatever it is that I'm going through. So now, you know, I'm approaching 48 and the, the theme of me and my life and my friends and is this idea behind aging and, and what that does to us and what that feels like. So I started speaking into that and it's really cool to see how many amazing women I've attracted because of that messaging, because it's true. Absolutely. Now, the double-edged sword to having such a large social media following, the bad side of it, as I'm sure you've seen, is the negativity. Like, they're, you know, mm-hmm. you're bound to get some negative comments on posts every now and then with, and that's something that's, you know, over the course of 2019, like, you know, that I've first Mm -hmm. started experiencing back in January. Yeah. uh, Right. And, you know, it it took a while to figure out like, you know, a a good response to it, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, So I'm very curious as to what you do when somebody attacks you online. Absolutely. Let me, I'll address that. But I also want to share real quick that you said, you said the bad, the bad thing about a big following is nativity. I'm going to just, the bad thing about a large following is your core audience stops seeing you. Let me tell you what I mean. So when I, when I, when I started growing my following, um, I had a hundred followers and that grew to a thousand. And then my, I was, my business was really starting to take off at about 5,000 followers. I've got like 3 million now. I had about 5,000, but I was attracting my avatar and everybody was seeing my stuff. So I had this 5,000 core group that was seeing my posts. When you get to the, the hundred thousands and the 500,000 and then the million, people don't see your stuff anymore. Like because of the way algorithms are set. So like, like take my Instagram, I have almost 500,000 on Instagram. I post something now and maybe 1% actually see my stuff of that 1% are those, my avatar and my actual audience not necessarily. So what happens is I'll get messages from my actual avatar and they'll say, Oh, you, how come you don't post anymore? Or I haven't seen, and I, and I do, but they don't see it. So that the negative I'm going to say with that is that, and we, I don't want people to get lost and they have to have this big number because that is not true. It is not true. I would rather have 30,000 followers than, than 3 million at this point, because I don't have my actual people seeing my stuff and you can't clean it out on the outside. So I can't go in and figure out like, oh, who's the, you know, the people outside of my avatar and let's delete them. It doesn't work that way. So it's, so that would be the negativity um, there. That would be the downside of a large mm. following, I think. And if, even if you look at people with massive accounts, with massive engagement, is it really their avatar? I'm not going to say that it is. Like I'll look at a girl who's super fit, for instance, maybe she's got 10 million followers on their Instagram. And then you start looking at the comments and the followers and they're not from people that are going to buy from her. You know, there it's going to be the the kids just making comments or whatever. So, so it's really important for people to li- listening to know that it's not about the number. It's not about the number. It's it's the yeah. deep and who you're connecting with. Now, as far as the haters and the negative, yes, that comes with the territory. I'm going to say I don't get nearly as much as I would if I wasn't authentic, and I'm going to explain that. People see through BS messaging. They see through BS messaging, and that attracts a lot of haters. Now, if you are standing in your truth. If you're standing in your truth, whatever that is, that might create controversy. It might be a disruption. It might be all those things. But if you are standing in your truth, you're not going to care what someone else says. It's not going to care. When you're going to care is when you're not telling the truth. If it, if it's phony, like, let's just say you put a picture of yourself up and it's completely Photoshopped and you're trying to look like you're super fit, but you're not. And now someone says something that like that's fake or that's Photoshopped, you're going to get super offended and you're going to think it's a hater. 
but, but the bottom line is maybe you did do that, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So, so I want people to think about that. Are you, or you're posting, um, a fluffy message about how much money you're making. And somebody says, you know, they call, call you forth on that, or they call you out and it wasn't your truth. You are going to also get super offended when you tell the truth. It doesn't hurt as much and you're not going to be offended. You're just going to stand in your power. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, I want to comment on the, uh, you know, Instagram filtering you out. Cause I think that's, I have my friend, Lauren Tickner, who is, you know, very, you know, very fit. And she, uh, she built a following, you know, of course through that and, you know, other things, sure. she's got this great podcast and, uh, she has 130,000 followers mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, you know, like I've watched her likes just oh, yeah. over, over, like slowly drop. And she's, you know, out of 130,000 followers, she's, she's barely getting, she's struggling to get a thousand on yeah. likes on some posts, which, you know, that's less than 1% engagement. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. and it's just like, oh my gosh. And so when you see someone with say 2000 followers, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a girl with 2000 followers and, you know, like say maybe she's in college. Yeah. Right. And like, I'm like, I'm 21. I know a lot of those people and she'll get a thousand likes on, and, but she has 2000 followers. It's sure. percent engagement rate. And it'll go in the explore tab. It gets picked up that way. Right. And, and, and it just gets bigger and bigger and of bigger. Course. And, uh, I think that's, Really interesting. You can do you can do more with a smaller yeah. client, especially two those two thousand. Like they're her like real community. Like yeah, they all, they all know her. When you have five hundred thousand, a million, yes. you you only know Natalie like in real life only a one yes. or two thousand of them, and so mm-hmm. they are probably they're they're a little less invested yes. than the ones you know personally. So that's that's my theory. Yeah, it's really, it's really interesting and mind boggling. And I, I had to just stop looking at that because I could put my heart and soul into a post or something I'm sharing. And it might, ha- I, literally with 500,000 people, I might get 300 likes sometimes on something, but it doesn't matter to me because if all 300 of those people are the ones that are actually taking action and moving and I'm impacting them, then that's what matters. So I've had to let that go. And sometimes I'll make a post and you've, it reaches like 100,000 people. I'm like, whoa, okay, people were interested in that. But then I'll have one that's, you know, 300 or whatever. And, but people are taking action on that. So it's, I will tell people it's not, this is not a popularity contest. It's about building a business or building a brand or building or helping people. Like what are what's your intention? If your intention is just to be popular, you're not going to really win there. (laughs) Yeah. So somebody posted on LinkedIn yesterday, step one, dominate LinkedIn. Step two, dominate Instagram. Step three, dominate (laughs) Snapchat. Step four, dominate iTunes. And I, and I sat back and I commented and I said, dominate your bank account. And it got yeah. a third as many likes on that comment alone yeah. than the entire post. Yeah. And, and I, because it's so true, that's what matters. Like dominate PayPal, dominate yeah. stuff. That's the, that's what matters. The, the, the likes and video views are, are vanity metrics. I mean, look, I had this, I had this one video on LinkedIn, I had a couple of videos that did this, but I, I yeah, I had back to back days. I had videos with seventy six thousand views. Guess what? Guess how many dollars that brought in? That didn't. Those those did not bring in dollars. I've had other posts with l- so much less engagement that brought in more dollars, right? Mm. And so, right, it doesn't it doesn't matter. But so many people are 
to focus on that. I, it's something, it's a lesson that I've been learning over the past couple yeah. of months now that I'm like cool for the first time in my life, <laughs> at least a little bit. Like I, I've been uh, slowly realizing, yeah, uh, it's, it's not, it's like, it's fake. It's just yeah. numbers, numbers on a computer or a screen that doesn't actually exist in the real world. It's, it's so weird. true. And I, and I think it's just going to get worse with that. That's my prediction. I think micro communities are going to be the new thing. Like it's going to be real connection, micro communities, like being like connecting with actual people is going to be the wave of where things are going. So if you're not comfortable doing lives or zooms or like what we're doing right now, actually having a conversation with people or being out in person, um, that you're going to be in for rude awakening because a lot of also if you look at a lot of the hater trend it's people behind keyboards that actually don't own their voice in person Keyboard so they, yeah so we've given them this platform to like be this bully behind closed doors but that wouldn't work in real life and you know it like not one of those people no. would in someone's face go and say that here's an example i had in-person interview in front of a live audience with james outtoucher in new york city about two months ago it finally came out and yeah. We talked about for 45 minutes why formal education is a huge scam. That's a topic for another day uh -huh. that we're not going to talk about here because I want to talk about other things with you. But in that audience, everyone was like, like, wow, this is really something interesting. They were really engaged. There was not an ounce of hate. Like There was just honest questioning, yeah. curious questioning, and some people agreeing. Uh, and then on when I posted it, when I finally posted the episode – I got so much hate online. Yeah. <laughs> it was people like, can hide behind a keyboard and say they're opinions. Right. It's so funny. Yeah, and, it wouldn't work it, in real life, though. You know, and it was, no. and they these people know it. And I think it's a good thing what's changing and happening because that's going to come back out. Like because you're not going to be able to own the internet. <laughs> like you, there's just too too many people on the internet to say that somebody is owning Instagram or being the number. It's just not going to happen. There's just more and more and more and more people coming on there every day. Absolutely. And I want to highlight too how you should definitely, you know, if you're not uh, communicating with people face to face, you can't do that. You're going to be in for a rude awakening. When I, when I get on and, you know, I got to face Natalie Jill at 1030 in the morning and uh, that's, that's like, a nerve-wracking thing. When I, when I got to face James Altucher, when I got to face all of these people, like Naveen Jain, and, mm -hmm. and show up good for them. And it, it's so hard. And no matter what, every time, I still get nervous and still get anxious. But afterwards, I come away feeling, after the episode, I come away feeling so yeah. good. Right? Well, because connecting with joy. people and having a real conversation is what we're here for. So the, a lot of the crafted messaging online and the hiding behind a keyboard, that's not connection at all. So that doesn't, so that's, that's the addiction with it, with people. They're looking for a connection and it's ne they're never going to get it from that. Mm, absolutely. I agree. So Natalie, since you've become, yeah, since you've changed your life, uh, coming out of corporate America and become quote unquote successful, whatever you want to define that as, what have you experienced a, a new challenge rock bottom since then that has come up yeah, in the past few so, years? Yeah. So I think there's a constant lesson for most people um that we're here for like I, everyone's lesson might be different mine personally i feel is a theme of control versus surrender so i feel my whole life i i've operated from a place of control and i, I think people listening maybe they can relate or they know somebody that they would say is this but like something wasn't working i went into fix it mode like let me let me fix it let me control it all let me fix it and you really never can control and fix everything. So you have to continue to walk through things and learn your lessons and, and teach with that. And so I had my first big, massive rock bottom with what I shared when I had lost everything and was super in debt. And by the way, I was, when I was, so I was 35 years old, 
and I was $1.4 million in debt. That's the part that I left out. And that's because of the housing market crash and because of the decisions I made. And for that was the first time in my life. I'd never been debt in my life. And then that happened. So that was my rock bottom moment. The overweight, the going through a divorce, all those things that happened to me. I shifted out of it and I grew, but apparently I didn't learn my lesson because when I got to what I would have considered successful and was feeling good, that's when other things started going wrong in my business. And um, that was another pivotal moment for me was a few years ago when here my business was generating a ton of revenue. I was helping a lot of people, but it wasn't adding up. Like the profit wasn't there. It was actually creating a loss. So it didn't matter how much I was bringing in, the expenses going out were exceeding that. And it became an addiction around control. Like I'm going to fix it. I'm going to fix it. It's, it's hiring this next consultant. It's hiring this expert. It's hiring this. It's hiring that. It's creating this. It's doing. And I was chasing, 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 and nothing was working. So it, finally hit me when I did the dreaded thing that a lot of entrepreneurs don't do, (laughs) especially new quick start personality entrepreneurs that became an entrepreneur by accident is we don't look at numbers. And that was me. I don't think I ever looked at a profit and loss statement until not too long ago. And um, it was a rude awakening to really dive in and have to accept that, wow, okay, maybe I'm not trained in running a business. Maybe that wasn't my, my thing. So the rock bottom, once again, financially happened to me in a very different side, which is really tricky because money was coming in. It just was going out faster than it was coming in. Mm-hmm. So I had another, um, another moment in that. And when something like that isn't working with somebody who's a controller, other things in their life start, stop, stop working too. So my relationship started having trouble, my husband, and I was, and I, was faced with, am I going to be divorced again? I had a lot of things coming up for me that were out of my control once again. And it wasn't until I surrendered and said, okay, I I don't know how to control and fix this. Like literally really surrendered and stopped controlling and trying to fix and hiring and trying to put the band-aids everywhere that I didn't, that I got clarity again. Mm -hmm. So I want to finally transition to talking about health because mm-hmm. I am the kid who, and my father's general surgeon, mother's a nurse, listeners have heard this so many times, two uncles that are doctors as well, they're chiropractors. So health runs in the family. My first love was health. And you know, when I was 19, I became a National mm-hmm. Academy of Sports Medicine certified personal trainer. That was my first love. And I was a kid on pubmed.gov, like looking up arthritis and nutrition for fun, cancer nutrition, like all this yeah. stuff. And so I finally, I want to talk about health and aging in reverse. So what does yeah. aging in reverse mean to you? Yeah. So I'm in the process right now and it launches this um, September. I'm, I'm building the first and largest um, aging in reverse community. Um, and I'm super excited about that because this is something that so many women, especially um, my age and older, like I say 40s, 50s, 60s, um, And if you're listening and you're the 20 year old and the 30 year old, you will walk through this one day that we start feeling that we're too old and it's too late. It's a story and it's a story. It's not the truth. And it's because who says who says who, and with it being so dominating in marketing and media with the 20 and 30 year olds, forties and fifties, they start feeling dated and life can just be getting started right then. So, um, and it's not about control. And when I, st- when I walked into that, it was about control, like more fitness, more nutrition. Like how do we fix it all? Like, when are we going to go to the plastic surgeon and just have everything fixed until we're a hundred? Like that's control. And I'm not saying 
there's anything wrong with like having plastic surgery or doing whatever it is that you want to do. But if you're doing it to find happiness, that doesn't work because you can't control everything and aging does catch up. So how do you surrender in that and actually still thrive and create and have a fun filled, amazing, passionate life? And that's what I'm super passionate about walking through with women. Absolutely. And I, I look at, it's so possible to do this. I look at my mother who's 50 years old and mm-hmm. equally as gorgeous as you two are, are both just aging in reverse, right? <laughs> it's, it's something else. And like everyone, everyone always told me like, your mom is so beautiful. And mm-hmm. I, and, and she's like, she's, she really is. And she's 50 and it's like, it's crazy. I, I don't mm-hmm. even I don't even know how. And so how do we do this on the food side of things? What role does yeah. that play? Like, are you a fan of keto, vegan? What's the what's the point Yeah. There? So no, I'm a fan of what I have always taught, and that's an unprocessed natural food diet. So eating real food that once grew that's meant to help us thrive. So, you know, when you look at food, it's it's really meant to nourish us and help us thrive. And if you eat things that are in their natural state, they will do that. So if you look at fruits, vegetables, Uh, lean proteins, nuts, seeds, anything that once grew, it's there to help us thrive and grow. And the the processed junk is not. The processed junk is to sit there and watch TV and feel good in a moment. And that does not help us thrive. It doesn't do anything for your body. So when people say, well, that's extreme and you got to live a little, no, I'm going to live a lot. (laughs) I'm going to live a lot. I don't, I'm not trying to live a little, I'm trying to live a lot. So yeah, if I want a Reese's peanut butter cup, I might have it. I'm not saying I'm going to never have it, but that's not helping me thrive. So I always look at what is, can, how can I get in more of the good, which makes less room for the bad. So both my books, um, my first one, Seven Day Jumpstart, Unprocessed Your Diet, that one is really about what unprocessing your diet means. And then Aging in Reverse, I take it a whole nother level because in that book, in Aging in Reverse, I really speak into not just unprocessing, but how do we add in superfoods and anti-inflammatory foods that help you feel, look better, all those things. Because when you feel better and you are not foggy headed and you don't have the cravings and you're not having the mood swings and you don't have the dramatic hormone swings, then you look better too. And you know, everyone wants to go to this, especially women my age, they want to walk into this blame of like, oh, I'm getting old. And so this is what's happening. My metabolism slowing down or my hormones are jacked or blah, 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 blah. Fine. Those might be your facts in the moment, but they're also false assumed truths, which means you are believing a hype that's not necessarily factual. And you can argue with me and defend it all you want, but let me look at your diet and how you're living. And I will exactly tell you what's going on there because it's not about just becoming an age, but yes, if you're 48 and you're eating crap and you're eating junk and you want to blame it on your age, that's not being accountable. That's just not true. So maybe you can't eat the Doritos and pizza like you did at 20, but I promise you, if you eat the natural and processed foods, you're not going to be walking through what you're walking through right now. So someone that's uh, 20 years old, 25 years old, and listening mm-hmm. to this, they is they shouldn't wait until they're 48 and realizing for the yeah. first time, uh-oh, uh, to start eating right yeah. and, be, and living a healthy lifestyle. So right? there's no should or shouldn't. Like, it didn't matter what mm-hmm. you told me at, in my 20s. Like, I don't know that I would have listened because you, you want to watch. Like, my mom said to me all the time, don't go in the sun. Don't, you know, wear sunblock. I didn't listen. And I wish I had, you know, because you get your skin changes when you get older. Um if you don't listen to this thing. So it's just going to make it a lot easier if you start early. So I did for the most part eat healthy until I lost my way in my mid thirties. Um, and I think that did serve me well, but you know, it's really just thinking about what are you eating for? Like, are you eating just to feel good in a moment? Or are you eating to have a healthy, long, 
thriving life because your twenties go by fast. Like you don't feel like it does when you're there, you know, but it's, and you'll, but you'll remember this conversation when you're 40 and 50, you'll be like, gosh, I remember listening and thinking that was so far off, but it hits you before you know it. And you could, you could still have a thriving forties and fifties, or you could spend it regretting. So if you start early in your twenties and thirties, you're, it's going to make it a lot easier on you. So the title, of course, would imply that this is true, but if you're between 40 and 60, you can sort of reverse this? Yeah. So aging in reverse to me means a few things. Yes, it can mean appearance, but but honestly, like you, you can't outfight that forever. Like you're going to, things do drop, like things are going to change as we get older. Like you can't, you're, there's not a lot of 90 year olds who are walking around looking 20. Like that's just not possible, <laughs> but you can redefine what your age looks like and feels like and is. And so aging in reverse to me is if you think of like, um, a child that has childlike wonder, like a seven-year-old, how they're super confident and they're free and they're present and they're connected and they live in the moment, like all those things that to me is youth. And we lose that along the way. And I want that back for women because it doesn't matter what you think you look like on the outside. If you're feeling connected and present and focused and all those things, you're not even noticing what's happening on the outside and you are truly aging in reverse then. Natalie, what are some activities that you do in a day to keep you youthful? Like some things you do for fun, maybe? Yeah, gosh. Um, well, I first and foremost try to have fun. Like you, like that's the thing. Like if you look at a kid again, they're lost in fun. Like it doesn't matter how depressed or miserable or focused on yourself you are. Like if, if you go have fun, I mean, just think of watching comedy or playing or doing something fun, like you're lost in that and that feels present. So to me, it's a constant daily focus of like, how can I be the most present today? Cause in presence that is fun and authentic and real and that's living. And I think most people, me included would spend 99% of their time in past or present thinking I mean, past or future thinking instead of being present. So it's a constant reminder of like, what am I doing right now, right here? And can I be present in that? And that feels like living to me. How long are you going to live until? Uh, what, what, if you, what's your aim? Do you have an aim? I don't have an aim. I want to live as long as I can stay focused, fun, present and thriving. Like if I start being a grumpy old, like miserable, not then that would be a different story. So as long as I can feel free and happy, then I want to be here for that, you know? So, so I'm going to walk through that as much as I can. Now there's things that we can't control. There's things that we can control. So I'm going to do the best that I can with nutrition and water and workout and mindset and all those things. So I give myself the best odds and the best chance. And that's what I know for now. I love water. Hydration is my thing is hydrate or dihydrate 2019. That's the hashtag. (laughs) I like it. That's great. (laughs) Uh, It's, it's, it's a joke between my, my friends and I, but, uh, I, I'm a, I'm a water guy. Anyway, uh, you talk about mindset as well. What's, what's the mindset that you need to have to be able to do all of these healthy habits on a Mm. daily basis? A decision. It's Mm. really a decision. Like deciding always comes first. So, um, I'm, I hear excuses from people all the time. Like they hate water. They hate this. They don't have time. Like they're, it's all excuses. It's all BS. It's all excuses. You don't want it bad enough. Period. End of story. You haven't decided like, and that's, that's, that's it. You have to make a decision. I was with a girl one time a couple of years ago that she, I kid you not, Natalie, did not drink water. She said, I don't like water. She only drank lemonade, sugar water. <laughs> er, like, oh my gosh. I was like, 
please get some water yeah. and you know, stop drinking this lemonade. Uh, it's got to be a decision, though. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's a, deciding always comes first. And that's an example, by the way, when you say like about negativity online. If somebody does not like that I said that statement, it doesn't affect me, like because it's so my truth. You know, like I know it to be true. And I know how many people I've helped and I know how many people lived in their excuses before I interrupted them. So to me, I am being inauthentic, not telling that truth. And so is any coach, by the way, any coach that's babying your excuse, they're not, they're being inauthentic and fake and they're people pleasing period. That's, they're doing it to be liked, <laughs> That's, but they're not interrupting you. If you care, you interrupt people. Mm, absolutely. So People can get the book Aging in Reverse on Amazon. I'm anywhere. telling you. Yeah, yeah anywhere ever, anywhere. I'm yeah. telling you, it is not too late. It's, you're not too old to level up your life if you get this book. Thank you, Jordan. I highly recommend. And Natalie Jill Fitness on, or is it Natalie Jill Fit? I forgot from just a couple. It's Natalie Jill Fit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then NatalieJillFitness.com is the website. And, uh, oh, yes, your podcast, of course, leveling up so good. As I mentioned, Natalie, is there anything that we left out on the table? I think you covered it all. I just, I, I you said what I always love to say, and you are not too old and it's not too late. And it's funny because somebody listening right now is in their 20s thinking they're too old, too late. So it never is. It never is. And it's always a decision away. Absolutely. Well, Natalie, Thank you so much for sharing your message today. My final question is, if you could teach a course at a university, course of your creation or otherwise, what would it be? We've talked about many, many things today. If we were to package something into a course, what is it? Hmm. I, I would say it's how to level up your life. So how to level up your life, because like, there is a formula. Natalie Jill, you rock. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. There you have it, my friends. This has been another episode of Growth Mindset University, the podcast. Now, if you enjoyed this one today, all I ask is that you share it out to your friends, family, etc., on your Instagram story and tag me and our guest today. And don't forget to message our guest as well so that you build your network as you listen and learn with this podcast. And if you really believe that hearing the message of growth is important to the world and you want to help others find our show and you're not satisfied with just taking a screenshot and sharing this on your Instagram story, well, I've got good news for you. You can go the extra mile in helping spread this message of growth. You can leave us an honest rating and review in Apple Podcasts. We have over 200 ratings right now and it has made a gigantic difference for this show, not only helping people find the show, but getting awesome guests. Thank you all so very much. And until next time, my friends, make every day count, live to learn and grow to give.